Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Finished. Sounds like I'm going to have a busy couple of weeks, but tell you what, there is no better place to be getting busy, and that is in the house of God. Welcome to everyone in the building. Welcome to everyone online. Uh, they, I think they have a few issues with the online thing. I think apparently if you go to metrochurch.online, I think that platform is working okay. Hopefully YouTube will, will catch up. Um, before I start bringing the word with you this morning, because there's, there's a word I feel like God has, has given me, and obviously uh, Pastor Jeff must have known that as well, and he said, Michael, uh, bring the word on, on Sunday morning, so it's going to be a great word, and that's going to help and encourage many, many people. Uh, before I get into the word, I want to sing this song, because Linda said, Michael, don't talk so much, just, just sing. Give the people what they want, and so apparently they want me to sing, so um, is that right? Do you want to hear me sing a song? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, really appreciate the, the team, the worship team leading us. Um, you know, worship isn't about music, isn't just about singing songs. It's about finding a space where you can let go, stop trying so hard, and hand over the reins to the King. That's why we lift up our hands like that. Is it's, it's an act of surrender. It's not just a matter of reaching out to say, God, you are awesome, which of course he is, but it's also as we're doing that, our body is the most open posture you can have is like that. We're vulnerable. We're rece- and also in a position of receiving. So why don't you just receive this morning as I sing this song. It's, a, it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, I think this is one of the first songs that was ever played on Sunshine FM uh, back in 1987 or whenever it was. It's a song called Strength of My Life, and uh, a lot of people have just, they're just feeling very, very weary over the last couple of years. It's been a lot of unknowns, a lot of things that have really pushed them into a space of constriction, and uh, hope has had its uh, wind knocked out of it. But the Lord, our God of hope, comes again every day by His Holy Spirit to, to lift us up, to renew us, to refresh us. If we will wait on him, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew, which means exchange their strength, actually get God's capacity, God's goodness, God's joy, God's victory in our lives. And so if you felt a little bit weary, a little bit battled, uh, torn, uh, battle-worn, then uh, this song's for you. I open my eyes to the sound of morning news. And I wish for ten more minutes left to sleep And as I get into the shower The thoughts of facing one more day Overwhelm me And I begin to weep And I've never felt Like I've needed your help so bad Well my tears are pushed away now For the sake of morning rush Till the Bible on that table catches my eye And I read that you are near to the hearts that break with grief. And I realize that I don't have to try to live by myself. Cause I'm ready to help me live. 
And every day I look to you to be the strength of my life. And you're the one I hold on to to be the strength of my life. You be the strength of my life, the strength of my life, be the strength of my life today, and be the strength of my life. You're the strength of my life, strength of my life today. Every day has its problems, its troubles and its tears And it seems I'm always anything but strong When I learn to know my weakness I understand your strength And even when the hard times last so long I won't try by myself Cause I'll ask for your help Each day Today, Lord, we ask you for it Yeah So every day I look to you To be the strength Of my life and you're the one I hold on to To be the strength of my life You be the strength of my life The strength of my life Be the strength of my life Lord, today, hey yeah you are the strength of my life oh, The strength of my life Strength of my life Today Lord, we thank you for your strength right now Lord, your strength is made perfect even in our weakness That is when you do your best work, Father So right now we come to you for feeling weak and heavy father we cast our cares upon you we thank you that you care for us and god that our strength will become renewed like the eagles this morning as your holy spirit breathes and refreshes and moves on us thank you lord let's give god god praise this morning for that for his strength for his grace for his goodness to us amen Big shout out to uh, Ashley Schofield. Happy birthday. Woo! If, we, if we're going to really embarrass him, we'd sing happy birthday to him, but uh, we're not going to do that. But uh, happy birthday, mate. Guys have a little bit more level in the, in the fallback. Thanks, Liam. So this morning's message is entitled, and uh, thank you to Pastor Ray for it. We had a bit of a chat about it in the, uh, the pre-show, the, uh, the mingle time. It was really great. Uh, did a great job, Pastor Ray. And he asked me, what am I preaching about today? And the message title, it's a bit of a tricky one. I don't think anyone's ever quite called anything like this. It's called, I am... 
because of I am. God firstly is, not does. And I used to get really irked when people say, you used to see me running around, living my life, trying to do lots of things. And you know, you probably all feel like that. You all feel like you're, you're, you're maxed out. But I always felt like, oh, I've got to be doing more. And someone came to me, uh, someone from the music team actually, and said, you know, my Pastor Michael, uh, the Lord's told me to come to you and say, you know, don't, don't do, just be. Don't, and, and <laughs> beautiful Mark Patterson's going, he loves it when people say, just, just rest in the Lord. Just don't, you know, it's not about striving. It's just, just, just be. We're human beings, not human doings. You know, and I'm like, oh, get, 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 get on your bike. You know, it's like, come on, get out of my way. But you know what? It's, uh, there's actually, now that I'm older and, and, and tired from, <laughs> from running around, there's probably a lot of, tr- lot of truth in that, that our doing needs to come out of our being, not the other way around. And, uh, and, and God is our goal. The goals of doing things for God are not our goal. I'll say that again. God is our goal. Our first ministry is to him. The, the overflow of the capacity of the heart of God, the love of God to reach people, to lift them up, to point them to truth, to help them find salvation that goal is only a, it's a secondary goal to us being with Jesus, loving Him. And so today we're going to talk about being who we are because of who God is and out of that place find the great strength and capacity of God, which I, I just sang about. Uh, who's heard of Descartes? René Descartes. He's like considered one of the modern day, first modern philosopher. He, he's the one who was coined the, the phrase, I think, therefore I am. Very good. So a bit of philosophy today, because I've been talking to grade twos and threes all week. You know, just playing ring a rosy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm back in the, in the in the school world with little kids. And it's awesome. But I'm talking adult. It's adult time tonight. This morning, actually. Uh, so we're going to get into some theologies, a bit of doctrine. So I think, therefore, I am. That's a that's a that's a good concept of of sentience of of being a self-aware and aware of having the cognitive function to be able to analyze things to respond to things have choice volition and will and do things that we want to do that's good that makes us who we are as humans but i believe that the fullness of who we are as humans the fullness of that journey and that joy of expression of, of, of the human existence is in direct proportion to how integrated we are with the engineer who planned for us to be here and who created us. In other words, our expression and our experience as a human is in direct proportion to our understanding and relationship with our creator. And there's a lot of people running around in life and I guess we were all there at some point, doing life on our own for ourselves, just as you know, masses, blastulations of cells, just organic, you know, well-evolved animals running around doing our thing. And sometimes, somewhere along the way, we start to theorize and think, well, maybe we need to add a bit of you know, mysticism or a belief system on top of that. No, no, God made us. He made us and has the plan for each of our lives. And we'll only ever experience a fullness of our life to the full capacity when we encounter and walk with him. Any, anything short of that, my brothers and sisters online, if you're watching, we're just playing dress up. We're just all getting all dressed up with no place to go. Either God is real, he's, a, he's, a, he's Lord, or the whole thing is just the, the world's biggest hoax. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty straightforward as far as I'm concerned. So Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, people think that's pretty harsh, Michael, pretty harsh way to start the message. 
well, I've got to wake people up because I believe that we just we can't just play church either. We can't just roll along. We need to really be serious about our faith. And uh, in First Corinthians chapter two, Paul says, "I'm going to read the big screen." But as it is written, eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. But I love that. I love the buts of the Bible. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So who'd like some insight? Who'd like to go on the journey with me to get this insight, to get the get that revelation of who God is, and to encounter Him for all that He's worth? Who'd like to go on a journey with me? Okay, they got, got hands up. Not, not every hand up. I'm a bit worried. In the middle here, this back middle section here. We're gonna. I'm gonna preach to this back middle section now. Okay, You're, that's my zone. And upstairs, hands up, people upstairs. Who wants to go on a journey with me? Thank you. God bless you. I see those hands. We can only build our life in God to the degree we have a revelation of who he is and who he says we are. Matthew 16, verse 13, this very famous encounter where Jesus is talking to his disciples. They were a little bit thick. I'm not going to make any correlations between the, uh, some of the industries that they're involved with, but let's say I probably wouldn't have done any better than these guys because Jesus was always testing them. So in Matthew 16, he says to, the, uh, to his disciples, he asked them, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? I love how Jesus gives them the answer of who he really is. But, he, but, he, but he's asking them, who do people say that, that I, the Son of Man, am? In other words, Jesus knows who he is. He's not asking for people's opinions. He knows that he is the Son of Man. But he asked his disciples, and they said to him, well, some say that you're John the Baptist. You know, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who... Do you say I am? It doesn't matter whether your parents were Christians, you're even sitting in with your, your spouse is Christian, your kids are Christian. God wants every single person to have that personal encounter, revelation, and God says he has revealed it by his spirit. God is spirit and he's given us a spirit and he reveals. He's drawing us, speaking to us, loving us, showing us his grace through many, many different ways. But unless we say yes to him, we cannot truly walk with the great I am. We cannot know who we are until we know who he is. Jesus is looking for that faith. And faith is not an organizationally imposed set of criteria. It's a personal belief and encounter with God. Verse 20, I love this part here. Verse 20, if we go to verse 20, thanks guys. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Interesting, isn't it? He told his disciples, don't tell everyone. He didn't want there to be this humanistic, uh, atmospheric, organizational hype. You know, come to church, it's great, we've got great coffee. He, didn't want, he wanted the Spirit of God to be the thing that enables people's hearts to be switched on. He wanted to work in the supernatural. And that's the zone that we need to walk in. We get very, very quick at putting worldly uh, mechanisms and vehicles around spiritual things. It's called religion. Humans, we love to do it. We've been doing it ever since, even before Jesus in the Old, in the Old Testament. We love to put things, but God is a spirit. He wants to walk with us personally. Yes, church is absolutely a huge part of that plan. We are his people called together to be the, the co-heirs, soldiers, family, the body of Christ. Yet it all starts with that personal spiritual encounter. I am because of I am. So today, the doctrine, if you like, the doctrine of today is the doctrine of identity. 
Who never got to go to Bible college and uh, if you got either too busy, it was too expensive, or you thought you were too old? Well, gift for you today, we're going to Bible college, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I get better responses from my teenagers. <clears throat> I need my grade two and three vibe. Grade twos and threes, man, they're just, they're just on fire. They're awesome. So today we're going to explore doctrine of identity. We're going to get insights into, number one, why we feel discouraged when we're not where we thought we should be. Two, how to avoid the performance trap of only having purpose and worth through our accomplishments. Big trap. And number three, find that groove where our passion for God and surrender to him meet a wonderful sense of, of serving others and having a vigilance for building the kingdom. Um, it all comes back down to our first ministry, our first encounter, our first love, which is walking with Jesus. Okay, so if I was to go around the audience, I'm not going to freak anyone out today because I thought, oh, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? But then I thought maybe I'll go off camera and it won't work so well. But I was going to walk around and ask you, uh, ask you, is anyone not where they thought they'd be at their age? You, whatever, no, no matter what age you are, you thought, I'm definitely not where I thought I'd be when I was younger. Okay, if, if that, maybe that is you, but I'm not, I'm not going to come to you. It's okay, I'm not, don't be nervous. Uh, put your hand up if you say, look, I'm not where I thought I'd be when I was younger. I'm somewhere different. Okay, a lot of us, most of us probably, yeah. Uh, when I was little, I wanted to be, a, I think it was crossed between a Sunday school teacher, music teacher, phys ed teacher, and a truck driver. It was, it was like all these great things. And um, I think some of the, the, the music and, and church stuff definitely uh, came through, but there was other things that didn't. Um, but maybe you're actually not just feeling like, okay, my life is not where it, where it is, uh, where I thought it would be, but it's okay. But some, maybe some of you, you're actually feeling very discontented very frustrated, almost disillusioned. And there's certain uh, peaks or seasons in our life when we get to certain ages that we put this external pressure to have produced a certain thing or to have found our thing by a certain age. You know, I thought it was 30. I had a midlife crisis when I was 30. You know, I'm a bit of an early starter. And then by the time I was 40, yeah, I've got it all worked out now. And at my 40th birthday, I remember the speech. I think, Mark, you were emceeing and Jeff was there. And I'm going, yeah, I've got it all worked out. And I think I know a few things. And I got to 50 and I thought, I realised after 10 years, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> I didn't have a clue when I was 40. So those 40-year-old young things out there, just keep, keep learning, keep growing. And now that I'm, I'm on the other side of 50, um, I'm realising I, I know a lot more about the things I know I'm not a lot less about. Like I know more about the fact I know what I don't know. Yeah, something like that, yeah. So I, don't even know, I don't even know how to finish that sentence. What, what hope have I got? But I do know this. I know that Jesus loves me and that he made me and he has an awesome plan for me and he believes in me. So why do I make it so hard for myself? It's not God making it hard. Devil's job is to make things hard. Sometimes people who are hurt, you know, hurting people hurt people. They make it hard. Life, uh, you know, Jesus said it's impossible that there, there won't be challenges. It's impossible that there won't be offense. You know, we live in a fallen world. It's not, we're not, this isn't heaven on earth. This is earth needing redemption. But the first place of redemption is in our spirit. We get to be born again, get to be part of the answer, and then look forward to an eternity with the, an awesome, awesome new heaven and earth. I told you, it's a bit of Bible college all sort of rolled into one. But perhaps you are one of those people I just mentioned before that you're feeling a bit discouraged about where you're not and where you thought you could be or should be. Well, you're in good company. Who else was like that in the Bible? Moses in the desert. You know, he was, he was called to be the leader of, of God's people, to deliver them, went to Pharaoh 
and did everything he could to use his power and authority from the palace and finds himself out in the, uh, in the desert looking after sheep from the age of 40 to 80. And um, I'm telling you now, out in the desert, he would, have been a, he would have been a picker, Mr. Gom, for sure. All that dry desert heat, you know, he would have been a picker. <laughs> That's a little one for the Seinfeld fans, haven't he? So thanks, thanks, Pete. He would have been a picker. Dry heat for 40 years. Imagine that. And Joseph in the dungeon. Uh, who's ever felt like you've been in a prison? Just locked in, locked down, forgotten. Joseph knows what you're going through. Yet he was called to a great calling to be a part of the deliverance for his, his, all the tribes and his people. Daniel was in the den. Nasty place. A lot of, lot of mis, uh, misinterpretation, a lot of accusation, falsely accused. And, uh, of course, Daniel with the den and the lion with the lions. You can see a bit of an alliteration working here, can't you? David in the dark cave. David was called to be the king, and he was a, a young man with a heart after God. He killed Goliath, yet he's, he's spending his best years, you know, as a young man, as a great young leader, hiding in a dark cave from a, you know, demonized, crazy, lunatic, insecure king. You know, that wasn't probably what he was expected his life to be either. You know, he was a wonderful shepherd, sang, he played a guitar, he was a shepherd, he was like a farmer, he's like a farmer, muso, giant killer, leader, and he's hiding in a cave. Maybe you feel like you're in a cave today. God's forgotten about me? No, no. God is always more concerned about who you are, who you're becoming, having his beautiful son's nature formed in you, than the resume we get to write. And I know there's inspirational stories. I woke up this morning and uh, just reading a bit about, about uh, Mr. Bill Gates. Because just, it just puzzled me. Um, you know, and I, my heart goes out to him. Anyone who goes through a, through a divorce or a relationship breakdown, it's not, it's, you don't ever make light of that. It's a, t- it's a tough thing. But I'm thinking the guy that could, you know, he worked out, he's such a, such a brain, such a smart man, couldn't work out that relationship. It shows you that the, the heart of man, we need salvation. We need a saviour. We need to know God. And so the final D there, of course, is Jesus on the, uh, on the death machine, the cross. Did he think when he was a young boy learning the, the scriptures and following his mum and dad and understanding that there's a, there was a call in his life to be about his father's business, to come and seek and save, that was lost. And then he finds himself at the age of 33, you know, getting into the prime of his life and he's on a cross next to two common criminals. But God is always about who you are and what he's forming in you. So maybe you're disillusioned. You've got your own D dilemma. <laughs> you've got your own D dilemma. Uh, you know, you feel disillusioned. You're disappointed. People have disappointed you. You've had a detour. I had a bit of a detour. I didn't think I'd be back in the, uh, the world of teaching. I used to drive past the school up north. Uh, I used to teach at a wonderful school called St. Stephen's. But I really felt the call of God to be part of uh, the church team here with Pastor Jeff and Rhonda, and I uh, was just itching to get, and then God opened that door. And then for, for 23 or so years, I'd drive past the school, and every time I'd venture up north, you know, because us, we south of the river people, we don't go up north very much. Okay, sorry, north of the river people, I know you think it's the promised land up there, you know, Jundalup, oh, Mindari Keys, which are like, Jundalup and Mindari Keys are like inner city now, aren't they? They're like CBD. But I... I Go up north to, to, you know, to Waldex or something up, up north, Ikea. A little shout out to Ikea. Um, and I'd go p- drive past the school off Hepburn Avenue and I'd go, oh, thank you, Jesus. I don't have to put up with that anymore because it's pretty tough. 
You know, kids lining up and all the logistics and reports and, and t- parent-teacher interviews and meetings and PD days and cranky teenagers and programs. And re- it's like, oh, thank you, Lord, I get to be a pastor. You know, life's cruisy when you're a pastor, isn't it? Yeah, not, not. It's a very, it's, it's, it's a big mantle, let me, let me tell you that. But it's a, it's, a, it's a slightly different pace, well, I found it to be anyway. And so that was a detour for me. But you know what? God is always thinking about, I'll do what it takes to get the best of my son to come out of Michael's life. And so uh, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price. So I'm not saying that we just walk around like zombies and just, you know, oh, Lord, wherever you lead me, wherever you lead me. I'm, oh, God's saying, God's just The Bible talks about writing a vision. It talks about persevering towards a goal. You know, as good soldiers, we know what we're, our, our, our mission is. But we're not in love with the mission. We don't, it's like worshippers. We don't worship the worship. Oh, I love going to worship services. Oh, I love worship. Oh, I feel the presence of Jesus and it's beautiful and the music was so lovely today. That's like idolatry, right? We're worshipping the worship instead of worshipping Him, which can sometimes not look all beautiful. It can actually look like surrender and laying down your life, which is why our mission isn't about, oh, great, I built a great ministry. No, no, no. Lord, I want to help reach people with what you've put in my hands, wherever and however that looks, because you are worthy and you've called me to this. Not because, oh, I'm doing pretty well, because I've got a bigger youth group than the guy down the road. I've got a more blessed business than the guy down the road. We get into this thing called comparison. Um, let me jump to that thought because we are humans we do live i know we're spirit we have a spirit but we also live in a, in a world where we compare ourselves a lot yeah let me talk about that so people are obsessed with notoriety they're obsessed with the level of spectatorship they're able to engage because that spectatorship people who know you or appreciate what you do or acknowledge what you do that legitimizes your life your choices all your hard work your study what you've sacrificed the audience legitimizes that right with no audience it's like no one to see what i've done which is why i mean friendships are really important friendships and people who and family and people who believe in you and support you it is important to have a witness to your life i believe that we're not meant to be solitary but everyone say but people in the balcony say but yeah very good we are not meant to find our esteem or our worth through that notoriety so the obsession with getting more likes on instagram or more facebook friends you know like tiktok someone someone said i'm not going to there's a few conspiracy theorists who say tiktok is a yeah, I'm not going to go there. You don't want to. You know. But basically, it's like it's, it's, to, you know, it's to dull the teenagers, American teenagers, so they can be overcome. Anyway, but 15 seconds of TikTok, uh, you've got 15 seconds to impress people with your life, your talent, your looks, your achievements, so that you are validated. It's a very, very sad place to be. Look at what you're trying to prove. If I was to ask you, what are you trying to prove? Do you feel like you're trying to prove things to yourself, your younger self, that had goals. I've got to do this. I want to achieve this because that, once again, if God has put, we go back to the creator, go back to the architect. If he's put things in your heart, if you put that, that desire in your heart, then he will bring it to pass. He'll bring it to fruition. But if some of those things haven't worked out and you're frustrated, you'll continue to look for something else that'll validate you. And we're running around trying to find that. And I think that's why we're getting worn out. You know, uh, Pastor Ray asked me in the mingle time, what's the main thought you wanted to share with people this morning? And it's this, don't try 
so hard. Don't try so hard. And of course, it's always the people who, you know, someone's there going, writing down, yes, okay, don't try so hard. Must remember that. You know, the people who probably need to hear that don't hear it. And the people who need to hear other things like, get off your butt. Um, it's like that's another message, right? But it's always the thing. But, but either way, whether you're a need to get off your butt person or just relaxed person, either way, the Bible doesn't talk about trying hard and striving in the natural. It always talks about obedience. It always talks about walking like Adam in the, in the garden with, with God. That's God's biggest plan for you. Not that I'd build some awesome thing that I'm going in the, the annals of history of, you know, of, of, of achievement. It's the fact that I walked with Jesus. Amen. That's right. I like that. That's it. That's, he's got it. He's got it. I walk with Jesus. So God is always, we've got a list for you. God is always about, can we have that list, guys, about formation? Well done. Thanks for the crew upstairs. Really appreciate that. God is always about formation over fame. He's always about relationship over results. He's always about truth over tactics. He's always about peace over places. You know, in terms of going places, making things happen, doing things. He's always about presence over performance. So our worship isn't about the perfect performance, entertaining people and impressing people. It's about, Lord, we've got it. We lean into you and we want you. And I love that about our church. You know, Pastor Jeff and Rhonda, they've just taught the church. It's, there's nothing like the presence of God. That, and, and, of course, you, you can experience that online, but there is also something very, very special about, about coming together and just together yielding ourselves to the, to the Lord and feeling his presence. It's a tangible thing. God gave us a body and emotions to not just experience the planet, but actually to have that overflow of our spirit into our life. Because the Bible says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead resides in us. It will quick, quicken our mortal bodies. Some people have this issue about, oh no, the spirit's all about spiritual things and the rest of us, just, we're just an animal waiting to die. I believe that God made us in his image. I believe God has hands and a head and, and feet. Jesus certainly did. And the expressions of emotion and joy, even sorrow. Shortest scripture in the Bible, Jesus wept. So all these experiences we have, Jesus wants us to do it with him, walk with him. So how do we do this? How do we go on this journey with God where I can be who I'm meant to be because of who he is and not get caught up in, in just comparing myself and wearing myself out? Number one, relate well, but run your race. Relate well. What I'm talking about there is we need to get on with others. We need to absolutely connect with others. We need to serve and support others. But we're not comparing ourselves to others. There's this thing called social comparison theory. I love the sort of psychology, understanding the psychology of people because it shows you where God can do his healing work. Uh, man can try and understand what we do as humans and they, they can posit certain you know, remedies and, and uh, practices to try and you know, ameliorate or help solve those issues. But it's always the presence of God because there's always going to be people who are doing better than us that we go, oh, wish I was like them. Wish I had what they've got. And there's always people who um, are suffering more than us or don't have what we have. And we're like, oh, you know, there's pity that goes out. I, I feel sorry for them. You know, I'm sad about that. But I'm also relieved that I am not having to go through that same thing. 
Scott Morrison did that and he got in a bit of trouble when he did that. But there are, there are people that we go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for that. I'm just, I'm so grateful I don't have to deal with that. But we can't live our life by that. We, neither can we live our life through pure social proofing, which is where we compare ourselves to whatever, what's everyone doing? What's everyone wearing? And that's okay. You know, we don't want to have weird, well, I don't know, maybe we, maybe we care. Just, today we're going to have, you know, dress up as, whatever you like day. Now, I can't guarantee there won't be people looking at you, staring at you and go, what are they wearing? That is so 1970s. Uh, but we do, we, we compare ourselves to people all the time. The only problem is with that is God has called us to run our individual race. Hebrews 12.1 says, do we have a Hebrews 12.1? Do we have the scripture for that? No? No, okay. Hebrews 12.1 says, run your race. All right? <laughs> Can't look it up. Run your race. You know, uh, I think it's in 2 Corinthians. Uh, Paul says, he who compares himself with others is not wise. But we do it, right? How are they going? They're better than me. They look better than me. They're perform- we do it. But the Bible says don't do it. We've been called to run our race. So therefore God knows the speed I'm capable of and the speed I can go and should go. And we've, just got, to be, we've got to be faithful with that. Faithful with the one talent, the two talents, or the five talents. You know, whatever talents you've got, that's what God's looking for the return on. Not what someone else has got. Run your race really well. Stay in your lane. I had a uh, conversation. It was a real blessing. This week I had a one-hour Zoom session with Henry Seely, Pastor Henry Seely from The Belonging Co. So The Belonging Co. is a church in Nashville. started as a, just a, a bit of a uh, hangout with musicians who are doing a lot of touring, like Kerry Job and Lauren Daigle, pe- you know, people who, you know, that's where the blessing came from, and all these big, beautiful big songs that are basically they're on Oprah Winfrey, they're on Grammys, they're just all over the place. Well, those musicians met and used to meet in Henry's uh, lounge room and just have a bit of a devotional time and a bit of a mentoring opportunity to, 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 you know, to connect and, and to love each other. And uh, now it's a very, very strong, thriving church in Nashville, uh, the Belonging Coast. So check that. So I had a conversation with Henry. Um, I could be thinking, gee, well, okay, so he went to America and he wrote that song. There's, there's no point. He is running his race. I do not feel called to go to America. I do not feel called to, to do that. the things that he did. I feel called to do what God's called me to do. So it's really important just to find out what our creator, our father, our engineer has for you and just do that. Just be faithful in that. Number two, dream big but die daily. Dream big but die daily. There's this paradox, isn't it? It's like we... We want to do great things for God, yet we are nothing. We just, I can, I can do nothing except what the Holy Spirit shows me. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I lay down my life and I put off the old things and I put on a new thing and I humble myself under the Lord and He'll raise me up. It's this constant thing. But you know what? If you actually, it's actually fun because you get to watch God open doors for you that you could never open for yourself. You know, we try and I'm going to open this door because I know that God will do great things if I can open this door. And we're pushing. And then over here, we just, someone's just like trusting God. And walking humbly before him and loving their, their kids and loving their wife and reading the word, loving him. And then God goes, opens a 10-ton door to all manner of riches. If I can share just one of those small riches um, with you here. I'm just going to grab a, sorry guys, I'm going backstage. It's fun back here. Are you on TikTok? What are you doing there? Space and playing Space Invaders backstage. What's going on there? Right, so this here's a little example. Like, uh, just at school, I was 
we're rehearsing for a uh, a devotion to, to to play some songs for the for the school. And um, I'd mentioned to the kids, I think the grade fours, grade fours and fives, that you know some of the teachers were getting COVID and that they were, you know, some of them were going through a bit of a hard time. That we oh, why don't we pray for them? And so um, one of the kids just says they just at the end of this worship song they just started to pray without me prompting them. Lots of level. So they were praying. We were doing Waymaker, and that young um, girl was just praying, Lord, just for the staff, let them know that you love them, that you will make a way for them. And then she wrote a song called Mountain Mover uh, to follow up with that. And so, you know, that was a door I didn't try to open. That was because just being in a place obedient to God, and then God opens his massive doors of, of seeing, you know, miracles, uh, you know, people that you might get to pray for that you never thought you'd pray for. Got a friend who's, you know, who's looking for, this is the last point, uh, letting the gift of God make room for you. You know, the gift of God on your life, your skills, your experience, your talent are not the amazing thing that's going to change someone's life. Sorry, I just need to tell you that. Um, oh, I thought I was pretty awesome. I thought I was a bit of, you know, a, bit of a hero. You know, I'm a, I'm a person who make things, makes things happen in people's lives. No, the gift that God's given you makes room for you and brings you before great men and great influences. In other words, the skills and experiences and abilities we have actually position us in a natural realm, in a place where we can speak into the lives of people who need Jesus. The you it's talking about, the gift of God brings you before people. God's got people that you will meet that I could never meet, that Pastor Jeff could never meet, the person next to you could never meet. So those experiences that God has put in your hands, those, those goals, those ideas, those businesses, those, those plans you have, God wants to put you, like Nikki, Nikki's right in the middle of the you know, WA um, Ballet, you know, ba- Ballet uh, Company. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not in the middle of a university, but God's opened up doors for me being in university. I know for a fact, um, you know, universities are not known for having joint prayer meetings. Neither are ballet, ballet companies or conservatoriums. But God's put y- you in that place to be light. You know, there are people that need light. Uh, the gift of God on your life is that capacity to, to dance and, and the capacity to... And also your personality, but you know what? Your, your great personality and your love of dancing, is not gonna, it, it'll, it'll bless someone's life, it'll encourage them, it'll inspire them, it won't change their eternal destination. It's Jesus in you. It's our, we are walking epistles. People will read us. And so that's the greatest strength that we have, is that I am because of I am, and what I do is an outward expression of it, but I'm not going to get hung up about it. I want you to stop trying so hard, everybody. I want you to walk with Jesus and trust him. And so we're going to sing a song as, as we close. It's called I Am Who You Say I Am. I'm going to ask the singers to come and, um, come and join me. And uh, why, don't you, why don't you join with me in this song and uh, really lean into God that he is the one who makes a way for us. You can just remain seated while we sing this song together. Who am I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. 
His love for me, oh His love for me, oh the sun sets free, oh is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. Free at last, He has ransomed me. His grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, He died for me. Who the Son sets free, oh, is free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I'm chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I'm chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Is free indeed. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house. In my Father's house. There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I'm a child. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. And this morning, this is why we bow our heads just right now. I know there's people who've been like me. You know, you've, you've been walking with the Lord. You love the Lord. You love to serve Him. But maybe there's been those, those doubts, those, those questions coming to your mind about, are you really doing the most effective thing you can for God? I'm here to encourage you this morning that God is with you. You are who He says you are, and He also knows exactly where you are. God's not nervous. God's not rubbing His head thinking, oh, my plan A is not worked. If you just surrender your life to God, I believe God redeems the years that the, the enemy has stolen or even just bad mistakes have stolen. I believe God can put the detour and make it a discovery. He can take the mistake and make it an opportunity to find Him in a new way. So, Lord, for those that are discouraged this morning, I thank you that, God, you put a new hope in them, that they are called, that they are your child, that they are awesome, that they are an expression of you in the earth, and that, God, your Holy Spirit will use them to bring light, bring light to all the things that they do and say this week. And just before we close the service, if you're here this morning, 
and you say, Pastor Michael, I've just you know, tuned into the service, or I've just been, I've walked in off the street. And you might say, I don't actually know Jesus. I don't know what it means to walk with God. Maybe you believe in him, maybe you don't, but you know you're not walking with him. I'd like to pray a prayer for you right now that if you just mean this in your heart, if you receive this in your heart, that you can actually come home and walk with your creator, walk with the architect of your life, your saviour. His name is Jesus and he loves you this morning. If that's you this morning, just open up your heart as I pray. Father, I pray for those that don't know you, that those that want to come back to you, those that want to lean into you and inquire of you and give their heart, their future. They want to let go of the past and they want to hold on to you. They want to find you this morning. Thank you, God, that salvation is theirs today. Today is their day of salvation. Thank you, Jesus, for your love, for washing them clean from their sin, that you died for all humanity, including them. Lord, as they receive you right now, as they receive your promise, that they will be changed in the beautiful name, the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Uh, those of you who've said yes to God for the first time, we've got a, a wonderful thing called Yes Text. It's very, very simple. It's between you and God, but we're here to encourage you. If we could put, the, yeah, thank you guys. The Yes Text, if you just text the, those three letters, if you'd like to be encouraged and get a bit more information about your walk with God, we'll text you some information, some scriptures, and a daily encouragement. Uh, if you just text 0488 826 392 and just text Yes, and our team will just send that out to you. Of course, if you have more questions or would like to get more information about the church, go to our website, uh, metrochurch.org.au. And uh, we'd be glad to go on a journey with you. Thanks for watching online. I'm going to hand back to our awesome hosts, Nikki and Luke. <laughs>